0: Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message.
1: Let me get into the lesson today. I won't have you turn there uh, just yet, but uh, we'll take our text out of 1 Samuel chapter 10. If you, uh, you want to go ahead and look it up, you, you can, but I, don't, I won't have you stand just yet. Uh, before I begin the lesson, I, I really need to set the stage just a little bit um this lesson uh, it's one that i'm slightly uncomfortable with just to be honest with you um i uh, i much prefer uh lessons where we can all laugh and and i'm just kind of going to kind of let you the cat out of the bag here uh, right now this one to me uh it, it, there's some directives in here and some things that can help us and uh you know what not all the correction that i ever got from my mother and father were were easier to take and this is not one of those lessons that's going to be just like shoving it down your throat type of thing but but this is a lesson that I think can really help us but it it might be a little bit of a wake-up call to to some myself included let me set the stage Israel is complaining they're complaining as they were off to do Uh, they started off, as soon as they had escaped Egypt, uh, complaining, murmuring. Uh, it got them into a lot of problems, and here they are again, later on down the road, complaining again. The thing that they're complaining about is they're looking around at the other nations around them who have kings, and they look at their own nation, say, we don't, we don't have a king. We've we just got our prophet, our, our priest. We've just got Samuel. Who leads us and we want to be like our neighboring nations we want to be like everyone else around us now number one that's a very very dangerous mindset to have especially for a child of God because there are things all around us that look good and would make you want to join in to feel like you're a part or that you are the same in in some ways when God chooses you as a nation or as an individual and you begin to live for him there are some things that you do not want to partake in some things that can be very very dangerous Israel is no longer satisfied with Samuel to lead the way even though that he has done well and he has followed the Lord's leading and he has led Israel well but godly leaders are not always appreciated In carnal societies. And as Israel began to turn towards carnality, they appreciated less and less the leadership of Samuel. And so the people had made the mistake of looking around at the ungodly nations that were around them and desiring to emulate them. Once again, I say that is a huge, disastrous mistake. The church should never try to emulate the world. The world can draw a crowd. They know how to draw a crowd, but the world cannot save a soul. Amen, the church has the ability to invite the presence of the Lord into it. And and because of that, I know we're living in a day and age where there are things that we can use, but we are never to step across that line and look at what the world has to offer and say, if we could only be a little bit more like them, I think that we could do a little bit better. We want to fit in. We want to blend in. God didn't call us to fit into the world. He said, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. He's called the church to be the church. The church should never try to emulate the world in order to satisfy the world. So now Samuel and God are having this conversation. The people are demanding a king, and Samuel's taking it personal. I mean, how could you not? If this church next Sunday came up and said, you know what? We've decided we want Brother Todd. We heard Brother Todd preaching last Sunday. We've decided we want Brother Todd to be
0: our pastor, and you called him and made him an offer. How could I not take that personal? Now, you may want Brother Todd after I finish preaching this lesson. (laughs) But quite honestly,
1: Samuel was looking at things, and he was like, I don't know what to tell him. And God basically tells Samuel, he says, hey, listen, They're not hating on you. They're hating on me. They've not rejected you, Samuel. They've rejected me. And I just want to to remind us today that when people come against you for what you stand for and for what you live for and the and the morality and the holiness that you carry with you, they're not really rejecting you. They're not really rejecting the church. They're really rejecting the king of kings that made this all possible. And so God looks at Samuel and said, don't take this personal, Samuel, because this is not a personal attack against you, even though you may feel like it is. It's an attack against me. So what do we do, God? What what are we going to do? I mean, are you going to strike them dead? Or are you going to send a plague? or are you, what is going? No, God says to Samuel, he says, give them what they want. We're going to give them what they want. They want a king. They want to be like everybody else. Guess what? I'm going to let them have what they want. Oh, so we can strong arm God. We can make God do what we want we can get our way every once in a while. Let me tell you something. Just because God gives you what you ask for and you try to put him in a corner, just because God gives you something doesn't necessarily mean that that is his will for you. So Israel is looking here and they're saying, we want a king. And God says, I'm tired of listening to you complain. I'm tired of Watching you mistreat Samuel and say things
0: to him, you've hurt the man of God. I tell you what, I'm going to do. I am going to give you exactly what you want. It's never, never wise to make demands of God.
1: That's why the Bible says when we pray, we need to pray, not my will, but thine be done. I heard a wise man once tell me, and I've said it several times from this pulpit, prayer is not about changing God's will to align with my will. Prayer is when I get down and I say, God, I know what I want, but ultimately if you see a different way, if you have a different plan, if you have a different desire, if your will is different than my will, my objective when I kneel down in prayer is not to make you bend your will to mine, but my objective as I kneel here today and pray unto my king is to um, allow my will to become like your will. Help me, God, to fulfill your will, even if it's not what I really desire to be done at the moment. So God says, we'll give them their king, and the search begins. The anointing takes place, and the day arrives when
0: Israel's about to have their first king publicly declared amongst the people. Saul It's his name, he's handsome, he's tall, he stands out amongst the crowd, he
1: begins his reign in humility, he's actually a good
0: leader. And so that's where we come to our our text today, 1 Samuel 10, 21. And they
1: are looking to declare Saul as the king. They know he's already been anointed. Verse 21 says, when he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was taken, and Saul the son of Kish was taken. And when they sought him, he could not be found. Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, if the man should come hither. And the Lord answered, behold, he has hid himself among the stuff. The title of my lesson this morning is Among the Stuff. Among the Stuff. That's where they find Saul. That's that's King James Version, Among the Stuff. Where is our king? It's time to present him. It's time to declare him. We've already anointed him, but now we've gathered everybody together and we're about ready to celebrate and bring him up put a crown upon his head and let everybody know that this is our king and we are like everybody else around us. So when they go to find him, they
0: can't find where he's at because he's hidden himself among the stuff. He's
1: absent. So Samuel goes to God and he says, Well, God, any idea
0: where this joker that they've chosen is at? Nobody can find him. What do we do now?
1: Samuel's got the relationship with the Lord where he can just have a conversation in the moment. He said, God, where's he at? His time has come. We're here to give the people what they want. They've chosen him. He is the king, but we cannot find him. Where could he be?
0: And God says he's hiding among the stuff. There he is with the king's anointing, hiding away among the stuff.
1: Now, remember, God has already laid his hand upon him. God has already called him. He's already been anointed for the purpose at hand. But when the time comes to step up and follow God, when the time comes to step up and receive the responsibility to lead the way for the nation of Israel,
0: he's too busy. Hiding among the stuff. He's putting himself away. I watch my grandchildren sometimes in different situations, and uh,
1: they're, they're very entertaining, uh, these small children uh, that I get the honor of being their, their grandpa. And <clears throat> I've noticed uh, uh, some differences sometimes in the way they react to me as as a grandpa, now I know they love me. I mean, uh, how could you not? I mean, I'm the blue raspberry slushy grandpa. You know, I give you a little tip there, Grandpa Charlie. You know, you want the grandkids to love you. You know, get them a, a blue raspberry slushy every once in a while. And you know, I know you spoil them too. You're they. It's obvious they love you by how much I see them punch you when uh, they walk through the door. That's that's our grandsons. Uh, love, you know, that's their love language. A, a punch to the gut, you know, and uh, so <clears throat> and maybe maybe Grandpa Charlie has noticed this too. By the way, I, I got to say what an honor it is to have both sets of grand uh, grandpas here uh, serving in this church. Or I think that's a beautiful thing, and and I can't think of anybody I'd rather team up with. Uh, as the two grandpas on, on both sides of these kids than and Charlie Jones. That's just an amazing thing, and I'm, I'm honored to be able to do that. But I watch my grandchildren, and, and when it's just me around or me and me and uh, my wife, uh, you know, they, they really want a lot of my times. I mean, there's certain days that they're over there that I, I've told my wife, I said, if I hear Pawpaw one more time today, I think they've said it five hundred times today. I mean, Papa, can we do this? And you know what? I'll go out and I play with them. I spend time with them. Uh, you know, we. I went and picked the boys up the other day, and and uh, we brought them home from school, and and we stopped by a store and got a few snacks, and they just all these things are making memories. And they 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 like to. They give me a lot of attention, a lot of attention. I mean, there were days where I go out and uh, push the lawnmower and. Even today, uh, uh, the both of them uh, that are old enough, Easton and Bennett, will will come and they'll. Can I help you? You know, and I'm like, Yeah, you can. You know, or sometimes it's the old. Uh, what is that Huck Finn deal? Oh no, this is too hard for you. You you're not big enough. You know, uh, and it's like, Oh yes, I am. I'm like, Okay, let's see. You know, and uh, they'll they'll I'll get a little work out of them here and there. And but they give me a lot of attention when it's just us. But I've noticed something that. That like when we go uh, down into the basement, um, we are overloaded with toys. We could probably start our own Toys or Us uh, toy store down there. Those kids have all kinds of stuff, and they go down in in that toy room, and they'll grab stuff out of there and, and start pulling stuff out. You know what? They don't pay me much attention. They surround themselves and there's Hot Wheel Tracks and Hot Wheel Cars and there's Barbie dolls over there for Blakely and there's, there's, uh, there's puzzles strewn across the floor and there's all kinds of toys and if they get bored with one, they can just go in and get another and I can sit over in the chair and they don't hardly realize I'm there. Why? Or when the other cousins come around or their friends sometimes will go over to their house and they'll have neighborhood kids come over
0: and, and they'll all begin to play out in the yard They don't even say hello. And I've thought about that, and I've thought about how it correlates to this. I get much more
1: attention from them when they are focused on me, but when there's a lot of stuff around. When they're surrounded by a bunch of
0: stuff, all of a sudden I don't get nearly the attention
1: that I do when it's just us. Now, that may seem elementary to us this morning, but the reality is this message is crucial to our survival, not only as an individual child of God, but as a church body of believers that come together and worship corporately. This is important that we understand because if we're not careful, we can be surrounded by so much stuff that we've hidden ourselves away that when the Lord begins to call and he wants to make a declaration, he wants to take us up to the next level, he wants to elevate us, he wants to promote us, he wants to put us in a place of authority or leadership, we cannot be
0: found if we are hiding among the stuff of the world. A simple word for us this morning. God wants to use us,
1: and we are not here by happenstance. He did not drag me away from a very comfortable ministry uh, north of here, down to a, a church with a handful of people, with bro- uh, uh, bricks falling out of the of the, of the wall, and, and uh, just on on the brink of just almost feeling like things were just crumbling all around us, he did not bring us down here. He did not bring you through the door for us just to sit here and do nothing but accumulate more stuff. No, God has brought us here for a purpose. You have a purpose when you walk through the doors of this church more than just sitting on a pew. God has called you to win souls. God has called you
0: to pray with people. God has called you to carry things in the spiritual realm. He wants to use us. There is a plan that we are divinely
1: ordained to be in, in the perfect will of God. I feel that, and I I feel like you do too. You you feel
0: that just like I do. Because I've, I've heard many of you, you've talked about the dreams that you've had. I've heard, I bet you, close to 10 people
1: come up and tell me about the dreams that they've had, that they felt like were were dreams from God, where we were in a much larger building with a much larger congregation and different ones were singing and preaching and doing different things, but they said it was our church, but but it wasn't our church, it was bigger, it was, and I know that there's a feeling that we all have that, hey, there's something moving here. There's something happening here, and, and you show that by by continuing to get. We haven't talked about the building fund in a long time. We haven't made another big push since we first kicked it off a couple of years ago that every single week more money comes in and goes into that account. Why? Because you and I both know that God has a plan, a divine plan, for something major for this church
0: something beautiful, something large, something big. The excited chatter about a new building. The frustration about being cramped
1: and not having room to split classes up. I I understand. I feel the pressures of those things and and I'm excited about uh, about where we're we're headed, but we will never get there if we are surrounding ourselves with the things of this world, the stuff that we are bombarded with every single day, if we hide among the stuff,
0: God cannot elevate us to where He chooses for us to be. For anointing and the divine perso- purpose that God has for our life, if those things place second to
1: the stuff that's in our life. We might feel the anointing. You don't tell me that Saul didn't feel the anointing when Samuel poured the oil on him. Read the story. When he turned away from Samuel, God changed his heart. There was something supernatural that took place when he became anointed
0: the king, but he was not installed as king yet, simply anointed as king. Hear me today. If God plays second,
1: God's purpose, plan, will, desire for you and I play second to all the stuff in our life, we might feel the anointing, and we do, because we come to church and we feel God and we have good services, but God cannot
0: install us into the next level if the stuff is more important than he is. can't install a king that can't be found. You can't promote what you cannot find, what is hidden. So what's the stuff? That's pretty nonspecific, right? Anybody else
1: got a junk drawer in your house? What's in there? Stuff. (laughs) A little bit of everything. We can't even get ours open. We have to hit it about four or five times to get it open, and then once you get it open, it's five or six to get it shut. You know, you're pushing stuff down. But you can find just about anything. If I, if I have an alternator go out on a car, I guarantee you there's something in there to help me fix the alternator. There's so much stuff in there I can find about three different kinds of tape. There's scissors, ink pens. Uh, I mean, uh, there, there's those little googly eyes that go on little little things. I mean, there are anything and everything, and you don't know what to do with
0: it. It goes in the junk drawer, the drawer drawer full of stuff. So the stuff is kind of nonspecific. but really. It, it down to things that are fairly normal and things that in their proper place are not sin. Entertainment, hobbies, social media. You want to talk about people wasting a lot of time. Our phones ought to convict us. You spent so many hours on social
1: media, on screen time this week. I look at that sometimes, I'm like, hmm, how much time did I waste? How much time was I robbed of? I'm not saying there's not some usefulness, and I'm not saying that you should never get on social media. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying those things have to be put in their proper place, or they will
0: Find a way of cloaking you from where God wants you to be. Stuff in our life really isn't the problem. Like I said, it's not. It's not sin. Everybody has stuff.
1: You got phones. You got iPads. You got. You know, we got. We got hobbies. I mean, I like to golf. I don't get out as much as I'd like to. I'm retired now from one job. Everybody thinks, oh, you're retired. You can do whatever you want. When I. I I'm, I now just have one responsibility. There's still a lot of stuff going on in my life. My calendar is pretty, pretty heavily filled. It's just I'm not having to run a breakneck speed anymore just to keep up. There's a lot of stuff, and I have a lot of hobbies, not to mention grandkids and, and, and kids and, you know, uh, family nights and uh, where we celebrate somebody's birthday or we just have the kids' And the grandkids come over for all these things are all good. They're wonderful. The things that we should do: go out and play around to golf, have yourself a good time, get out and go shopping, have some fun, get together with with uh, with friends, and 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 have a Friday night uh, luau at your house. I don't care what you. Those things are no problem as long as they don't become your god as long as they don't create a place where you come back to all those things and say, well, I'd like to go to that service. I'd like to make church. I'd like to have prayer. I'd like to read my Bible. I'd like to take a day of fast, but I have all these other things going on. There's always going to be stuff in your life that will become an excuse for why you cannot do what
0: God is calling you to do. Stuff becomes a hindrance to God's plan. It's not controlled. God's looking for more than fragments and leftovers.
1: What if after, is this going to be our 36th wedding anniversary? 36. I don't have enough fingers and toes anymore, so I have to ask her. 36 years of marriage. What if in 36 years of marriage, the only thing she ever served me to eat was leftovers? And every day, she'd fix herself a nice big meal, a nice big meal for the kids. And I'd come home after a hard day's work. And I'd say, Oh, looking forward to a nice supper. Well it's in the fridge, you got the leftovers. Me and the kids, we we had a great meal that there's left now there ain't nothing wrong with leftovers every once in a while, but you just don't want a steady diet of leftovers. I get it. Every once in a while there are some things some that come into your life that you know, you just got to kind of fit it in, fit, fit, fit God in. There might be a, a fast day where you can't. There might be some prayer time that you have to reschedule or move around a little bit, and, and it makes it feel like, well, you know, I like God to be right here, but, but there are some times that's okay on occasion, but it should not be the way it is all the time because stuff has a way of crowding God
0: out. Stuff has a way of separating us from God's will. The Lord did not say, Seek me when you get a chance. Or if you have a moment, would you seek me then? That's not what it says. He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. When? First. First. He said, I-
1: I'm not going to play second fiddle. You- In case you don't know, I created everything. I'm the reason that you're able to take your next breath. I think that I ought to have first first dibs here. I think that I ought to get priority in your life since I created you, and the only reason that you're even a being is because of me. I think that it is appropriate if we put God first and foremost in our life. And he tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then what? All these things shall be added to you. Is that not what it says? Things, what is things? Things is just stuff. And the Lord is telling us today, there are some things I would like for you to have. Now, you can have them before me, or you can have them after me. But I'm telling you, listen to me very carefully right now. It doesn't matter what you are able to accumulate it. accumulate in your life, you can have the big fanciest of everything, you can have a a, a bank account that that blows everybody else away, you can take trips and and go to fancy parties and do all these things, and most of those things are not sinful in the right place, but they will never satisfy you if they are second, if God is second in your life from those things they will always leave you empty and that's why god said if you'll seek me first i'll add those things to your life there are things that i want to
0: give to you but you must seek me first and then i will add these things to you god is not against things he's not
1: uh, i'll add them to, i'll give them to you what do we do as good parents Listen. I know you want that. I know you want that sucker. I know you want that popsicle. I know you want that piece of candy, but you eat your green beans and your mashed potatoes and your corn. You eat the good stuff first and then I'll I'll add the candy to your diet later, right? Is that just responsible? What what if the kid says, "No, I'm not going to do that." And we let him we we let him just eat the candy all the time. What are we doing? We're harming them, or they're—they're—they har- don't have enough sense to understand that just because something tastes good, uh, it, it's okay to have it in certain uh, uh, portions. After, but it does not replace what is good for us. Or we'll tell our child, "You can go out and play, but first you must clean your room. First you must." do the dishes or whatever age category your child falls into with those things. There's some things first. You can go play later. Nothing wrong with that. But you got to take care of what's, of your responsibilities first. God is a good God. He is a Father that wants to give us good things. Every good and perfect gift comes from Where? The Father doesn't mean that there's not some some gifts that are coming from other places. The world would like to give you gifts as well, too. But those gifts are like handing the sweets to you and never causing you to sit down and eat what's healthy. They're going to wind up destroying you because they're not in their proper
0: priority. They have become idolatrous things in your life. Why is this so important? I
1: hope, I hope this is okay with everybody today. I, I, I'm praying that everybody's receiving this well. This is important, and I'll tell you why. You go
0: back a few verses to Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Same chapter, but it kind of is the prelude to where we're at and what we're talking about. Matthew chapter 6, verse
1: 24 tells us that no man can serve, how many? Two masters. And it goes on to explain why. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise
0: the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon. Not a word we use much these days. Past the mammon.
1: Anybody anybody say mammon? Has that been in your vocabulary in the last week? I wouldn't think so. So sometimes we can kind of lose the effect of what the word actually is talking about. It's
0: used in a negative connotation in the word of the Lord. Most people think that mammon is money. To a degree, that's, that's correct, but it means more than that. Mammon includes all earthly goods, property, things that we own, things that we accumulate. Sounds like stuff to me. Sounds like mammon is another fancy word for stuff. Earthly goods. Well, what's earthly goods? Well, everything. Everything is earthly goods that we consume that we use.
1: The suit is an earthly good. You know anything about me, you know, I, I I don't spend a lot of money on stuff like this. It's just an earthly it's not that important to me. Now I like to look as nice as I possibly can for the least amount of money that I can possibly spend. I don't want to go around looking tacky, trashy. I, I wanna I wanna Present myself. I'm coming before the King today, so I would like to look look as
0: nice as I could when I come to worship the one that I'm serving. Mammon stuff. In its proper order, it's okay. But if I was to quit paying what I put in to help a missionary
1: or maybe not be able to help a missionary because I go out and drop 78900 dollars every few weeks on a just so I can walk in with the nicest of stuff and I've got to have the brand new and i can't only i won't sell Now i know that there's some things that that may cost more but they have better value i'm not talking about that i'm not telling everybody go out and do all your clothes shopping at walmart don't ever go into a macy's again or you know uh don't ever get yourself anything nice no there's certain things that have value you can spend more money but it'll last you longer i'm all for that that's that's great that's
0: being a good steward God's not telling us don't have things. It's simply that he does not want us hiding from him and not being able to do his will because of those things. It's just that simple. If I refuse to do what God obligates me to do according to His Word as far as my giving,
1: my time, the way that I live. If those things suffer because I've got to go out and get this, I can't live without that, then God takes second place, and those things become an idol in my life. Our music come this morning. I'm closing very rapidly here today. I don't have time to tell the rest of Saul's story, but let me give you the cliff note version here today. Samuel gets Saul out from among the stuff. The Lord tells him he's over here hiding among the stuff, so Samuel goes over and he pulls Saul out and he says, okay, I need you to come out here. You're done hiding. Let's declare you as king. Let's move on.
0: Read read what
1: happens after that. There's an
0: enemy right around the corner ready to destroy Israel.
1: But Saul steps up as the people needed him. They didn't realize how much they needed him to stop hiding. But there was already a destroyer on its way
0: to kill, rob, maim, whatever they were going to do to the Israelite people. Saul steps up, the
1: anointing of God is already on him. Saul raises an army. Conquers the enemy, and in the wake of that victory, with the approval of the entire nation, Samuel installs Saul as king of Israel. Before that could happen, Saul had to get past the stuff. He had to get past the stuff. Would you stand with me this morning? Tuesday morning, men's prayer. There's several of us that gather up here that are able. I know many of you men work. It's not an optimal time. A few weeks ago, <clears throat> I play a little music over a little speaker upstairs as we pray together. It just kind of helps fill the noise void in the room as we're praying so we don't just have to hear, you don't have to feel so self-conscious about what you're saying to the Lord and other people in there listening or hearing as they're praying. Somebody started a text thread on my phone. I play music through my phone. All of a sudden, this beautiful worship-promoting song gets interrupted by ding-ding. I've had it even ring before. I try to remember to turn that off. Of course, I scramble because everybody else is there, and I get us very quickly right back in. Nobody seems to mind or be bothered too much by it, but I am. And I turn it back off, and we continue in prayer. But I wonder, in my mind, I'm thinking, who who could that be? What do they need? And all of a sudden, I'm completely distracted. I wonder what would happen if we set a little time every day aside where nothing can penetrate our conversation with the Lord. Nothing can, do, maybe you already do that. If you do, God bless you, you're on the right track. But if you're having a little trouble staying focused, it could be because there's stuff that's been included in your time with God that interrupts you constantly. Shut it off. Turn on airplane mode. Let's not, I think, I think we're on the verge of a breakthrough here. I really do. I feel, I feel a, just like a, a crescendo beginning. It feels like the Lord's about ready to hit the high note. I think there could be something happened this year yet that really changes everything for this church. But every time somebody comes to an altar that does not have the Holy Ghost, God is giving us an opportunity to step away from the stuff. I know we got things on our mind. Hey, there's things that we need to do. Maybe we already set appointments because typically we get out of church at a certain time. But what if the Lord wants to move a little bit longer? Are we so distracted about the other things going on in our life that we will miss an opportunity to attain somebody's eternal destination? That's a question that only you can answer for yourself because I don't know what goes through your mind. I don't know what distracts you. I don't know what plans you made, but maybe it would be helpful if we put God first and foremost above the stuff in our life. I don't want to be found hiding among the stuff. I want to step up when God says, I need you to be responsible because there's an enemy that's on its way to destroy you even now that if you don't step up, if you don't take your rightful place, if you don't come receive this 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 authority that I am going to place upon you, then there will be an enemy that will destroy the very nation in which you are living. If the church, I said this last week, if the church ain't going to take care of it, nobody else will. If the church won't pray, no, you can't expect the world to pray. If the church doesn't fast, you can't expect the the neighbor to fast or the one down the street to fast. If the church doesn't pray, people through the Holy Ghost, Walmart sure ain't going to. That's not what they're called to do. They'll give you a good deal. You can get tires and and oil changes and clothing and and, and computers and anything else you want down there, but but. But you don't go there for the Holy Ghost, they come here to have their life changed. I want to be a part of that, don't you? We close with this. The Bible is full of ifs. Full of ifs. If if my people will pray, then I will. If you will, he will. That's all I'm gonna say. If you'll do what his will is calling you to do, he will step up and do his part to do what you're not able or capable of doing. I believe that with all my heart today. We're going to see miracles, but only if we are not found hiding among the stuff. We're going to see promotion. We're going to see spiritual authority. We're going to see all these things take place if we'll come out from among the stuff. Do you believe that? Would you lift your hands with me right now?
0: Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.